This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. I'm sure everyone is aware that tomorrow is Tubishvat on the calendar. And the question that we have to discuss is really a twofold issue is what is the halachic significance of Tubishvat and more so what is its hashkafic uh, ramifications that come out of Tubishvat? So let's talk a little bit about the background of Tubishvat. If you take a look, Does today? yeah, it does start tonight. We'll talk about it uh, tomorrow tonight. Yeah, start yeah, to, uh, in Judaism. Everything starts the night before, so tonight already starts Tubishvat. So if you look in the Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah, the Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah tells us that there are four Rosh Hashanahs. Right, so we all know the famous Rosh Hashanah. That's what we have as Rosh Hashanah. But there's another Rosh Hashanah called Rosh Hashanah Lilanis. It's the Rosh Hashanah for the trees. What does it mean to be the Rosh Hashanah for the trees? So if you look at the Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah, it has a question to do with Miser. You have to know when you take off Miser, from, you can't take off one from one year on the next. You have to know when a new year starts. So when does the new year start? So it happens to be Machloikis in the Mishnah between Mesham and Basil. One sheet is, it's Rosh Chodesh Shvat. And the second opinion of the Mishnah is, Tu B'Shvat, the 15th day of Shvat. And that's where we paskin. We paskin that Tu B'Shvat is Rosh Hashanah Lilonis. What does it mean, birthdays for the tree? It just means that when you're calculating a cycle of Miser, the new year begins tomorrow. That's the new year. So what does that have to do with us? That's very nice, A, if you live in Eretz Yisrael, where you're keeping Trumas and Misers, and B, if you own trees. For the rest of us, what does that have any serious significance? So if you look in Shulchan Aruch, Simen Kufal Amar Aleph, Sif, Vav. So Simen Kufal Amar Aleph is a similar Shulchan Aruch where he gives you all the days when you're not supposed to say Tachon. Dana Shulchan Aruch gives you a list. I'm sorry, Sif Vav, he writes, We don't say Tachanon on Tuba Av. And we don't say Tachanon on Tuba Shvat. But it doesn't say why. Now the halachi is, not only don't we say Tachanon tomorrow, we don't even say Tachanon today by Mincha. So here we never say Tachanon by Mincha. But tonight we got it right. Because even those places who do say Tachanon by Mincha, they wouldn't say it today. We pass, and even though the Shulchan Aruch has two shitas, we pass in that on most of the days when there's an omission of Tachanun, that omission is not just at the Shachris, it's already the night before, and Mincha is the Tefillah right before, so we don't say Tachanun already the Mincha before. So that's already the Simcha. For Litvish Jews, not saying Tachanun on Monday, that's, uh, that's all you need to know. That, that's it, that's the whole Simcha. No Tachanun tomorrow. Shachris will be three minutes shorter, four minutes shorter, everyone's happy. But the question is, why? Why is there no Tachanun? What is the significance? Because tomorrow is the day we're going to mark on the calendar a new cycle for trees in Eretz Yisrael. Why did that make it a Yom Tif? It's very difficult to understand. Now, if you look at the Mishtabura, he doesn't give you too much explanation. He says, Shehu Rosh Hashanah Lilonais. Because it's the Rosh Hashanah for the trees. Okay, very nice. What does the Rosh Hashanah for the trees have to do with us? And then he quotes a little more. He quotes the Morgan Avram. The Morgan Avram writes that the Minig Ashkenaz, the Noigim Ashkenazim, the meaning amongst the Ashkenazim was to eat a lot of fruits. To be marbe peiras ilonis. There's a big Indian. Today, I don't think the Ashkenazim are so into it. Today, more the Chassidim are into it. But he writes, Minag Ashkenazim, to eat fruits on, on, on Tu Bishvat. Why? Because we're acknowledging the Rosh Hashanah Lilonis. So there's an Indian to eat fruits. That's what he writes. That's really the end of the extent of the halacha, at least here, about Tu Bishvat. If you look at the Bnei Yisoscha, the Bnei Yisoscha famously writes that there's a big Indian on Tu Bishvat to daven for a good esrik for next year. Okay, that's already in the Bnei Soscha. But in the contemporary, regular, G'dayli Achreini Shepaiskim, all we see is no Tachnun. And we see an Indian to eat fruits tomorrow. That's the whole celebration of Tu B'Shvat. But again, we're not left with any great explanation of why. So the Vilna Goyen writes that the reason why Tu B'Shvat is so special because the Mishnah writes that there's four Rosh Hashanahs. 
And therefore, since it puts Rosh Hashanah Lilanas together with Rosh Hashanah on the world, so there's some similarity, there's some connection. In the same way, Rosh Hashanah is a, is a Yom Tif, so to Tu B'Shvat is a Yom Tif. That's how the Vulna Goin seems to understand. Now, for halachic purposes, there's another halacha, an interesting halacha. If you take a look in Shulchan Aruch, in Simitov Kuf Ayin Beis, there the Mechab is discussing an interesting shayla. Mechab is discussing what happens if a community has the, has the need or the necessity to establish a fast day. They're having issues, drought, or the like. And then the problem is they want to make a date, and it falls out that's going to be on Tuba of, a Tuba Shvat. Let's say you want to do Bahab. Many people fast Shavivim. But here, Monday is a big day of fasting, but it's Tuba Shvat. Shulchan Aruch says you're not allowed to fast on Tuba Shvat. You know why? He says, shuhu rosh Hashanah You can't have a fast day. You can have a fast day tomorrow. And this is Negea Lamaisa, Chasanim. We paskin, the Magnav Ram paskins, that a Chasan does not fast tomorrow. If a Chasan would get married tomorrow, he would not fast tomorrow. Why? It's Rosh Hashanah Lilonis. It's a fast day. It's a Yom Tif. So the Magnav Ram has a very interesting line. He writes, and this is more important than Chodesh Nisan. We know that we normally don't have fast during Chodesh Nisan, but if someone gets married during Chodesh Nisan, they have to fast. Why, says the Magnav Ram? Because this, Tu Bishvat, that's Muskar B'Gemara. That's brought down in the Gemara. Where is Tu Bishvat brought down in the Gemara? The answer is it's not. The best you have is the Mishnah Rosh Hashanah, where the Mishnah Rosh Hashanah writes that there's four Rosh Hashanahs, and the Vilna Gaon explained that the Mishnah lumped them all together. So there's some remez to Tu Bishvat, but there's no open comment anywhere in the Gemara that Tu Bishvat is a big yomt. But Lemaisa, we see from here that there is an Isra to have a Tainus on Tu Bishvat, and most Paiskim hold is also an Isra Hesped. So let's say, for example, if Nebuchadnezzar would be a Levi tomorrow, the assumption would be is that one would not, allow, would not be allowed to hold eulogies tomorrow, because tomorrow is like a Shtukul Yomtev. So we have no Tachnun, we have no Hespedim, and we have no Tanesim. But we don't really have a good reason why. So you're telling me like the Vilna Goyen, it's called the Rosh Hashanah. Okay, you can call it what you want, but at the end of the day, what is this celebration, that this connection between the trees and us? So I think there's two major ways in Hashkafic world to put it. I think one way people like to say it is, is that the idea of, of Tu B'Shvat is that if you think about it, right now the trees, nothing's going on. They're not really, they're starting, but there's nothing to see. There's nothing you can see with your own eye, any significant changes or anything that's going to lead to fruit. But we know it's the beginning of the process. Right now it's very dark, it's very bleak, but you know, in a few months, this tree is going to bear us fruit. So they want to say it's a shtickle dimmin to Klai Yisrael. Klai Yisrael goes through these pockets of life where things are very, very dark and bleak and depressing and things are hard and we're going through service and there's a lot of issues and we don't think that we'll ever get out of it. So we remind ourselves on two Bishvat is to remind us, don't worry, we'll get out of this soon. Just like that tree that right now looks like it's uh, desolate, nothing's going on, but it's starting, it's starting to cook, it's starting to process. So to Klai Yisrael, even though now we're at a low point, we'll eventually move our way up and we'll get to a higher point. That's one way I'll pidrush. The other way I think you could say, I'll pidrush also again, is that the whole concept of trees and fruits are something we take for granted. Right? Chazal tell us that fruits, the Aruch HaShulchan writes like this, that fruits are really a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Contrary to what the dentist and your parents told you, we don't need fruits to live. We can live without fruits. So why did Hashem give us fruits? Just to enjoy in this world. So we very often take for granted all the things that we just assume are there in Teva. The Ramban writes at the end of Parshas Boy that the reason why Hashem made so many miracles in Mitzrayim was to teach the Bnei Yisrael that everything is a miracle. Not only the major things, but even Teva is a miracle. We take for granted. You plant a tree, you grow fruit, it's all part of what we call today Teva. Zakhtar Ramban, even Teva is a nace. So maybe that's why we take this time to reflect on Tubishvat to appreciate that the fact that there'll be fruit on this tree in a few months, it's also a miracle of Makadish Baruch Hu. We're not taking it for granted just because you plant and therefore it, it adds up, we'll just be there. So maybe that's what we reflect on this Yomtif and we think about the idea of the Hizchachas that it's all for Makadish Baruch Hu. That's like a big simcha. It's a simcha in our realization. 
What? Grapes are fruit. Maybe, yeah. Anything that goes from a tree may be a fruit. It's not a shayla, what makes something a fruit tree and not, not for now. But I think maybe that's some of the hashkafic uh, idea of why it became such a big yom. But Allah Lamaisa, what's in the gate for us, it's no tachlan tomorrow. We do say lam natsech. Svaradim don't. Svaradim omit lam natsech whenever they omit tachlan. We Ashkenazim don't follow that. We only omit lam natsech on very specific days. So tomorrow we will say lam natsech. We will say keller chapayim. We won't say tachlan. And um, there'll be no heads paid them as well. So that just. I know you hear it goes hand in hand. So that's just a little bit of a background of, uh, of what uh, Tu B'Shvat is all about. Someone asked me this week about uh, a moyol that showed up to a mincha. They did the bris in the morning, and the moyol showed up to mincha, and they wanted to not say tachin because the moyol was at mincha. So the truth is the Mishnah doesn't paskin that way. The Mishnah paskins that if any one of the Bali bris are at davening by mincha, Bali bris include the father, the Ben, the sandik, and the moil. Those are considered the, those people are called the Bali Bris. They're the, the major players at a Bris Mila. So if any one of those three players are at a Mincha and the Bris was in the morning, the Mr. Buru Paskins, they don't say Tachron, but they don't affect the Tzibur. Their Yom HaSimcha is not strong enough to pat the rest of the Tzibur. Only they don't say Tachron, but everyone else has to say Tachron. But I found that Tzvadim don't Paskin that way. Yakut Yosef writes not like that. Yakut Yosef he writes that if you have any one of the Bali Bris at a Mincha, the whole Tzibur, doesn't say, doesn't say, uh, Tachron. I saw Minchas Yitzchak, Dain Weiss has an interesting chuva. He says, what happens if the Moyol or the Balbris needs to down for the Omer? Let's say he's a Chiv. So he should make his own private minion, and that minion won't say Tachron. But the regular Shul's minion will say Tachron. So the Balbris is not strong enough to schlep the Tziba with him, but he's enough to patter his own. An interesting shout that also came up. This is not, no one asked me this, but I was thinking of this on my own. I was talking to a Moyol friend of mine, and now, you know, one of the things that Moyolim do is how tough is Dambris. Right, this, uh, I was talking to a male friend of mine who just became certified in adult mila. So one of the things you do a lot in adult mila, you can do what's called a toughest dambris. You can have a situation where someone already had some form of a circumcision, just not halakhically correct, either in a hospital or by a doctor or whatever other soul. And now you've got to fix it up with what's called a toughest dambris. You make a small incision, very little blood comes out. It's a relatively quick process. So Shailz, if a male were to do that, would that be enough to also pater tachron? I mean, is that enough of a bris mila to pater? And I think the answer is yes. I think if many achreinim I saw say yes, that's a bris mila. Because that's what this person needs. He can't do a regular bris because he already had it cut off. So he does a hatavaz dam bris. Hatavaz dam bris makes him ois oral. It makes him part of Klai Yisrael. So I think if you do that hatavaz dam bris, it would also part So I asked my male friend, what did you do? He told me every time he did hatavaz dam bris, he was doing a meal anyways that day. I very often, and I've heard this from quite a few mailim, they come to these very, they come to non-religious homes. And they're making a bris, so they invite the male, the baby is whatever, eight months old. They invite the male, then he looks, there's a three-year-old brother. And he asks the parents, no, did he have a bris? Oh yeah, he had it in the, you know, he had it in the hospital. So once he's there, he'll do a toughest dam bris on the, on the other children also. Which is like a big schos. Because if not, these children would stay in oral the rest of their life. So he told me very often he never gets to do a toughest dam bris separately. He always does it together with a bris. But it could be, if you do it, if you do an adult or even a child that already had a bris, and now you're just doing a toughest dam bris, I think, and he told me he thinks the medic is not like that, but what I saw in quite a few svarim was that if a tavas dambris is all you do, that would also exempt, that would also be like a moil, and therefore he'd be able to patter, at least himself from tachron, he might not be able to affect the tibur. Yeah, sure. Right, so I'm not sure why it wouldn't be strong enough to pat the tachron, but he told me he thinks that's not the minig, but I'm, I'm not, it's not clear by me exactly if that's the minig or not.